Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Wednesday, May 19th, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen, alongside Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. And today, Coach, we get the Western Conference play-in. Two games starting at 7.30. I'm sure looking forward to this one. I'll tell you what, man. I am fired up for these games tonight. I think they there's a lot more opportunity to build some good competitive lineups and uh you know two games that should be very interesting as well fairly low spread so we should have good games as opposed to what i'll call black tuesday yesterday and as you can see i wore my black hat and my black shirt andrew and you know i want to own up to yesterday because you know we come on here and we give our opinions and we work our asses off to give you the best of everything we got Sometimes you fall down right on your your noggin and it just it is what it is. But I wanted to use this as a a teaching experience for our members and for our listeners to not do what I did yesterday, because we're always telling you what to do. But, you know, it's humbling and it's you know, it's not great sometimes to admit some of the mistakes that you made. But it's important because. The, what you can do best is, and we've talked about this here last night and before the show, because, you know, I was so upset yesterday, was, you know, what what's the best thing you can do from a day like that? Learn from it. Let's not just completely brush it off. We will as far as, you know, once we talk about this, we bury it. It's dead. Today's fresh. DFS. Everybody's got zero again. We crush the slate. But I want to bring up a few things, Andrew. Uh, first of all, couple of lessons. You know, you got to wait for late news. You got to wait for lineups. But overreacting like I did with Biombo and, and a lot of the community, you know, people in different uh, across the industry did the same thing. But overreacting and just punching somebody in there because their low salary makes different things work is not always a good idea. You've got to think that through better. So that's number one. You know, secondly, you know, if if you're struggling on to build a lineup on a slate and it, it looks very difficult and you're back and forth. And I, you know, I was in touch with Andrew a few times yesterday uh, with how difficult I was having difficulty. I was having getting the lineup to work. So on situations like that, the obvious is cut your playback a little bit. You know, if it looks that tough, yeah, everybody was fired up. It was first night of this playing thing and all that stuff. Back up the play a little bit if it's if it's an unsure, not strong uh, group that you're putting together. And and mine was difficult all day, and I couldn't get it settled. And so that was one thing. The third thing is don't chase. And I made the mistake yesterday. And this again, you know, I'm a I'm a pro at this. I do it for a living. But everybody makes mistakes. The best pro in the world makes mistakes. You know, the beginning beginner makes mistakes. But learning from these so we don't repeat them, which I seldom do. You know, what I did yesterday is after I was dead in that first game, I chased and played this single game, second game by itself, put lineups out to our members, you know, and I apologize to Andrew because I didn't consult him. We talk about every lineup, every posting. Our two heads are better than one 99.9% of the time. But I was reeling. And I chased and I posted and, you know, it did better, but not good enough. But it was a mistake when you're struggling like that or having a bad night. Chalk it up, suck it up, let it play itself out 
and don't chase. So I wanted to share those in a humbling manner because I can't remember the last time something like that happened to me overall, but it is what it is. It's in the past. I apologize to our members. I apologize to Andrew and I apologize to our listeners. So that's buried along with two guys that we're not going to speak of again named Bismack Biombo and Semi Ojale. Mm-hmm. So they're they're dead to us here at Coach Talk. <laughs> yeah, no, good good lessons and I'll chip in with Ojale. It's, you know, it's a it's a fine line because I talked about him with our members. He was the last guy in my cash lineup. He made the the prices work for everybody else who I felt better about. And it was a solid lineup. Lamelo underperformed. But other than that, it was it was it was fine. But Ojale, uh, he got a zero. But you know, he played. He missed his shots in the first half. He didn't get his minutes in the second. And you know, he's he's a a, a guy that you play, and you're not very comfortable about him because he's not a big DFS points per minute guy. But right. you know, the the fine line I'm referencing is that sometimes on a two game slate, you have to feel a little bit uncomfortable with at least one guy. Definitely. Otherwise, everybody would just smash all the time with guys they love, yeah. and, and that's not and, that's not what and we get. On top of that, Andrew, like we're not going to have the issue tonight. But you know, when you're trying to jam in a twelve-five Westbrook or a couple of ten-plus thousand-plus guys like you know Sabonis and and Beal and all this, it it just was one of those nasty perfect storms where you had to bite the bullet and pray that you know the guy you bit the bullet on didn't collapse and not do anything and you know it happens but i think your play was sharp i i I, you know it's we chalk it up and tonight we've got great games we've already talked and built up some lineups and things look much brighter sir they do and believe it or not as you know i'm I'm psyched about my lineup on fanduel right now yeah it feels like a pretty quiet slate in terms of news and the right so the final lesson is you know again to, to follow up on your point take each slate separately and yes. and don't chase the next day either. No, I mean no, you know, no. You have a night that doesn't go well. The next day, don't double up your play. Evaluate it independently. Is this a normal slate for me, or right. do I do I really like it? Or if I don't like it again, you stay you stay light again. But I I feel really good about this FanDuel build. Yeah. Uh, so let's work towards it and and start with San Antonio Memphis. They start a little bit later tonight, Coach. We'll have more time to to work through things. Yeah, that that was also awkward that it started at such an odd time yesterday. Everything was awkward. But today, like you said, it's much back, uh, much more back to normal. Yeah, stay, you know, for our members, stay within that coach talk process that we talk about all the time. If you stay in those percentages of playing of what's in your bankroll, you're good. Good, bad, or indifferent, five star, two star, play the same thing. And for our listeners that that, uh, don't have access to that coach talk uh, process, Join us because it really does help you keep your game in play. And I certainly could have collapsed way worse yesterday if I didn't stay somewhat in the parameters of that process. So as you mentioned, a good start time. It much feels much better. 7.30 game, San Antonio Spurs, Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis is minus four. It's a 222.5 uh, over under. The other game's 218, so not that much different, a little bit higher. As far as pace goes for the season, San Antonio was dead in the middle at 15. Memphis was eighth. And then uh, from defensive efficiency, uh, San Antonio sunk all the way to 22nd, which they had worked hard to get up to uh, as high as 16 at one point. 
uh, but definitely struggled down the stretch. Memphis all the way up to sixth, Andrew. How about that? I mean, they they were in the teens most of the season, so they buckled it down. A little old grindhouse ball uh, playing some defense here uh, towards the end of the season. So that's something to keep in mind. And then you don't have really two very uh, offensive efficient teams here in San Antonio 21 and Memphis 15. So, you know, we're not going to see fireworks and 50-point games, I doubt, you know, uh, today like we did yesterday. Um, as far as the injury front, it's, you know, only one really of note. Uh, you know, Grayson Allen is questionable, and that does affect the rotation for Memphis with those guards, uh, you know, with with all the guards that they have come in, which they play several, so it doesn't really, even if he's out, doesn't make Melton a lock or any of the other guys because they, they do rotate three or four guys in that spot, Bain, the rookie, etc. cetera. Uh, the other McDermott, who we, no one seems to ever know who he is, he's been out all season for Memphis, but he deserves a mention. He's on the list. And then uh, Lyle's questionable uh, for the Spurs, and uh, Jeffries and, and Samancic are out. So nothing really that's going to affect their rotation. So we have a pretty clean game to look at here. You know, we've both gone into a pretty good in-depth uh, look at, you know, prior games against each other, who's played well, who hasn't. Uh, you know, a couple of things that that I was looking at, Andrew, is, um, you know, I try to avoid Dylan Brooks' defense as much as I can. But as, you know, we talked about before the show, you know, it's been a little bit of a mixed bag with, uh, Dylan Brooks guarding DeMar DeRozan. Uh, DeMar smoked him the first game, uh, held him down somewhat the second, and then clamped him the third. So we've had all three different types of, of uh, responses there. But I love the way Dylan's defending. So, you know, you got to fade some of the chalk guys, and, and DeRozan may be that spot that I go. But I do like DeJounte Murray. He's playing terrific. Talk about a, a stocks guy that can add different numbers into everything. Um, so he's he's going to be somebody that's high on my list. Uh, he's my favorite spur in this game. Um, I don't think Jakob Pertl's a bad play. He's certainly going to get big minutes with Jonas in there. Um, and I, I may consider him at the center spot. You know, when you only have four centers to choose from, it gets, uh, you know, you, you don't have as much of a, a decision there. Um, as far as the Memphis side, I do like the fact that Dylan Brooks is going to be out there, you know, 40 minutes probably if he has to, and he's a grinder. He's always on my radar. Uh, Jaw is playing very, very well, shooting the ball better. But DeJounte Murray defense is pretty nasty, man. He is long and lean. Um, so I'm the jury's out on Jaw for me. I'm, I'm excited to see what you think. Uh, about jaw because i know you're the you were one of the first guys that i know that were on the jaw bandwagon before he even played his first game so i know he goes way back uh for your top lists um other guys you could look at but i'm probably not going to go there you know kyle anderson continues to just do the same thing and put up numbers but he you know it's a little risky uh there same thing with brandon clark when the whole group plays he seems to get squeezed out the most so I'm not as crazy about those guys. Uh, Jaron Jackson is the one that that I really have been uh, following the last two weeks. His in, increased minutes, you know, uh, what he gets done on the floor, 
I don't think they have a great matchup for him. Keldon Johnson's a little undersized to guard him. I mean, Jackson is a legit like center size player, and he can get hot from three. Uh, I really like uh, the potential with him, and probably not going to go Joe Val with the fear of his constant foul trouble and having to play against a big size guy like Pirtle. So. Not crazy about the bench players, to be honest, Not and no one really jumps out at me. Uh, but I think you can find enough value in these lineups, you know, to get some decent exposure of this game. And, and it, you know, the slate to me looks like you need exposure from both games. You don't have to monster stack one or the other. I could see myself splitting, uh, you know, between the two games and having exposure both ways. So look forward to hearing your, your breakout on this one, Andrew. Yeah, I agree with you in terms of, of the balance. Again, um, you look at the totals for the two games, 222 and then 219 net down to 218. And uh, a little bit surprising because if you look at the matchups in the regular season, game one here, their three matchups, the totals were between 235 and 250. And wow. game two, Golden State Lakers were more low scoring. They, were, they ranged from 208 to 228. So all mm. three of the San Antonio-Memphis totals ended up higher than the highest Golden State uh, L.A. game. That's a tremendous point because I'll, I'll say this, Andrew. I think the industry is going to play more guys from the Golden State Lakers game. It's a sexier game. I mean, it's it's LeBron, it's Steph, Draymond, AD, all these big, big stars. Yeah. So I agree. That's the natural tendency. Um, but it's deceiving. <laughs> it is deceiving. And, and, you know, let's also mention, again, San Antonio Memphis is nine versus 10. It's backs against the wall. And these teams, these are two of the teams that we avoid the most in any sort of awkward scheduling position, back-to-back, front end of a back-to-back, coming off a layoff. Uh, But this is is the complete opposite. This is the one time. Well, it takes Pop out of, it takes Pop and Jenkins out of play. A little bit, a little bit to the most. The most that you can take them out of play. This is it. Right. Um, yep. So much more interest in these guys than on a normal slate. And during the regular season, you had the whole mix with these guys. The first game was a normal matchup. It was the opener. And Jaw came running out of the gates with 44 points and nine assists. Yeah, uh, Jamar, that was his good game against Brooks, 28-9-9. But then after that, it was what you would expect from San Antonio-Memphis. The, the second <laughs> matchup they had, it was right after Memphis had had five games postponed. So they're coming back from a layoff. Uh, and then it was it was a back-to-back for San Antonio. And then the third game was a front end for Memphis. So if you just look at the average game logs for these three guys for these two teams in this matchup from these three games, you're 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 not going to get the full picture. So we you know no. we looked at the actual box scores, the context, and uh, that's gonna weigh into to how we make our final decisions today. But um you know, in terms of guys to actually look at from this game, a couple of Spurs here on DraftKings are much more attractive to me than usual because of the context and because of the pricing. DeMar DeRozan at 7000 on a two-game slate, I like. Pirtle, like you mentioned, is only 4900 on DraftKings, a That's lot cheaper price. than FanDuel. Yeah. Yep, he's got to be out there against Joe Val. And then DeJounte Murray is a lot cheaper on DraftKings, 6300 I mean yeah. that that's that's a big much different decision than 7700 on FanDuel. Yeah. 
So and he's touched eight thousand a couple times this year. Yes, he has. Uh, in terms of the other guys, I'm not not really interested in the bench guys from San Antonio. Uh, Lonnie Walker is also in play for me as a value shooting guard. And then on the Memphis side, uh, you know, Jaw has had mixed results. He's much more expensive on DraftKings today, so he's more in play for me on FanDuel. Um, Brooks is in play as a potential value. Uh, don't want to pay up for Joe Val. Kyle Anderson could be a glue guy on this slate, similar to Miles Bridges yesterday. And with the the bench guys, I, I don't know if I'll focus on these Memphis bench guys, especially if Grayson Allen is playing. It's going to get pretty crowded with Melton and Bain and company. So uh, I'm, I'm a little more interested in these Spurs guys because of their prices. Okay. Um, but, what about Triple J? You know, he's... He's right in that mix, you know, a little more expensive than Juan Toscano Anderson, who I like. So he's, you know, that's one of those situations where I think he could certainly pay it off. I think he's a fine play. I don't know if he'll make my first lineup, but, you know, I wouldn't fault anybody for, for putting him out there. Sounds like somebody's building a, a house in the background. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we got some stuff going on here in the background. I apologize for the Oh, no worries. I, I just... I want to make sure you weren't caught up in it, whatever it's some, whatever it sounds like. <laughs> Why don't you handle the transition to the second game? I'll go close this door. <laughs> you got it, man. All right, game two, uh, nice 10 o'clock Eastern start. So we, we get two regular scheduled timings on these games. It should be great. Uh, and, of course, it's Golden State at L.A. I mean, like like Andrew said, it's, it's a really uh, – exciting game for all the big names and it looks like everybody's playing so that is fantastic you know the warriors come in at 39 and 33 the lakers limped in at 42 and 30 you know what's incredibly ironic andrew are you back i am okay the incredibly ironic thing and it's almost like they're pulling a joke on on all of us the lakers who list literally like seriously seven eight guys every day have nobody listed (laughs) On the on the report for injuries, zero. What Nobody. A, what a surprise! What a coincidence! What a bunch of dope. Uh, we here we are on the first game of the play-in. How Everybody's funny! Everybody's healthy all of a sudden. I mean, to not even see a probable on AD or LeBron or whatever—it's it's really comical. I think the joke is on us. Uh, somebody in that LA front office has uh, a, a vendetta against DFS. I think that's mm-hmm. what it is. But the only other thing I want to say is Lee and Ubre, which is important, especially Ubre, but both of them, they're out for Golden State. Other than that, it's it's a hundred percent everybody roll and go. So you got this one, my friend. Okay, yeah. So again, lower totals in all three games compared to the first one. So we, we don't need to stack it up just because it's Golden State and the Lakers, or it's the second game. Um, but we're going to have exposure to it, obviously. Uh, and and despite saying that, I, I am interested in Steph and, and Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is, I think, my favorite pay-up option here. He only played in one of the matchups against Golden State, and we know that Draymond is an amazing defender, but AD does have that extra length against him yeah. that makes it real tough because obviously Draymond is un- undersized for the role that he plays, and he usually manages to do just fine against about anybody, but AD went for 17-17-7 in that first matchup. He didn't play in the next two. And Draymond struggled, conversely. He had a 7-8-9 in the first game, but then he got hurt in the second one, the third game, 
29 minutes, two, six, and six. One of those games where he doesn't, he barely, does, he barely shoots at all. And it's not a big yeah. surprise because, you know, the, the Lakers in the interior, that's not where you want to, or where you can uh, find yourself on backdoor open cuts, you know, f- mixing in four or five layups. It's, it uh, doesn't right. happen at the rim with the Lakers. So yep. not a great offensive upside night for Draymond. Um, but looking at the the rest of the Golden State side, Steph is in play for me. He hasn't smashed against the Lakers, but uh, to me the decision is probably going to be Steph or LeBron, and Steph is obviously a little more healthy. We know that he's been hobbled a little bit down the stretch, but he showed he's in very fine form with that uh, final game against Memphis, 46 points to get this eight seed. So I, right. I lean towards Steph right right now over LeBron. And then not not really fired up about the rest of the Golden State. Uh, you know, so it kind of starts with Steph. Wiggins has struggled against these guys. Bazemore is, is so inconsistent. Um, and I, I don't think this is going to be the game where they feature him. Not that they ever feature him, but, it you know, sometimes he'll all of a sudden get 10 shots, but then there's games where he just stands in the corner and never touches it as a starter. Right. You know, yep. he can really benefit sometimes from coming off the bench. But as a starter in for Oubre, uh, he's not my favorite play today. Classic GPP guy. Yep. Looney is an option here because he's so cheap on both sites, and he, he always seems to get 24 to 28 minutes. Won't be easy sledding against Drummond in there, but uh, you got to pay down somewhere, and that's one option for me to pay down on this slate. Okay. On the bench... Uh, Toscano Anderson's my favorite option here. Um, you know, again, two games slate, you, you need guys in the mid tier and he's, he's one of them and he's going to have a better matchup when he's out there in the post when there's guys like, you know, if Montrez Harold gets minutes, Toscano Anderson can get things done against him. Yeah. Pool and Mulder should also see good minutes. Um, you know, pool is, uh, you know, certainly more attractive. Uh, he's an option. Mulder, you know, talk about pricing. Here's here's an interesting one. He's thirty eight hundred on FanDuel, and Kuzma is four thousand. So wow, that's why I kind of like Kuzma on FanDuel today. I think he's that's a little, just that's a mispriced. He's man. mispriced at four thousand. So transitioning over to to the Lakers, he's an option for me. With the starters, like I mentioned, I really like AD. Uh, LeBron would be the alternative to Steph for me. Schroeder has played pretty well against Golden State. You know, sometimes there's that one guy, if he gets Steph on him, he can he can be productive. Yeah. Uh, Drummond, you know, has, as we've talked about here, he's looked better in the final stretch of the season, more in shape, more in yeah. tune with the Lakers. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's in, in play for me. And then with the bench, uh, like I mentioned, Kuzma, is is a big uh, option for me, uh, and then Caruso, Caruso, Taylor Horton Tucker. Don't know if I'll get to those guys. Caruso, you, <laughs> you could play both those guys and get for one price. <laughs> I, I'd, t- I'd take them for for the price of one, no doubt. Um, so yeah, it, it's sort of a um, you know pick probably two guys from each side type of scenario for me is what I'm looking at. Yeah, I mean this. This is tough. I, I'll tell you what. I you know the more and more we talk about it, and look at it, and then the, the great stats that, that you brought up there, I'm almost leaning on making it a five-three 
having more guys in the first game. And mm-hmm. let, let me go through a few numbers with you, too. I mean, this the numbers you said are, don't lie. I mean, it, they're flat out. The, the highest Lakers-Golden State game doesn't match the lowest San Antonio-Memphis game. So that that's that's something. And, you know, it's that 218 number, you know, is low. A, a playoff game under 220, you know, because you're getting the better teams is a little surprising. But there's reasons for that. I mean, pace, uh, Golden State, yes, they're fast. They're third. But we know the Lakers slow it down. They're 17th. And they're even slower at times when they have their full group in there because LeBron generally will, you know, space out a side, try to, ISO uh, Davis and all of that takes 10, 12 seconds off the shot clock. So, you know, I don't think this is going to be a lightning pace game and I'm sure the Lakers don't want that. They'll, you know, they'll try to take the air out of the ball a little bit and stay in a half court set because of their advantage in the paint. Um, the other thing is, Andrew, you've got the two of the top five defensive efficient teams in the entire league. Uh, the Lakers with all their woes and guys out never left first place all year so they are the best defensive efficient team in the nba and golden state all the way up to fifth and they also played shorthanded at times so very impressive defenses on both sides and they both use that you know that team uh approach to to defense and then they both struggled greatly at times you know we know steph when he's had those hot games it makes 10 12 threes that's the only thing that carries it. But you look at their offensive efficiency throughout this season, Golden State's 19th and the Lakers 24th, which for a defending championship team, that's a major struggle. But you, you watch, we've all watched these teams play down the stretch. If Curry wasn't hitting his shots, Golden State couldn't find offense. Sometimes they'd have to go to pull off the bench maybe to get them going. But they really struggled at times. And the Lakers... When they were shorthanded, I mean, they went five, six-minute stretches with zero points. So, uh, you know, it's it's not a slam-dunk game. And I, I do love the edge, though, because I still think you're going to see, if you weigh it all out when all the lineups are in, you're going to have more people in the industry exposed to this game as opposed to the first game. No question about it. And I think that's an edge for us. A couple of the guys I'll mention here. You know, Curry's had a very special season and maybe the hottest run of his career as far as shooting the ball. He's been absolutely unstoppable at times. Uh, you know, they, the Lakers, with their great team defense, you know, and, and Andrew and I discussed this prior, you know, we really tried to determine who's going to guard Curry for the majority of this game. And looking back at the other games, you know, it's been a bit of a rotation. There's been guys in and out. And you'll probably see a little bit of Schroeder on them, a little bit of uh, KCP. You know, they'll rotate some guys uh, to try to stay fresher, you know, to chase him down. So I'm sure they're going to be favoring them. They'll double him at times, uh, you know, make somebody else step up to try to beat him. I mean, there's, there. I can't imagine they're going to allow Curry to drop 50 on them uh, and win the game single-handedly. So, uh, you know, that makes me a little nervous about Curry, but you know, he's again he's had his best shooting game of his career or season uh, of his career. Uh, one guy that you know, I, I know you're not a big fan of him. I've never been a big fan of him, but I've really earned uh, he's earned my respect this season, and that's Wiggins. He's 
He has stepped up in times offensively, certainly has stepped up defensively, really for the first time in his career. So, you know, he's a buy down from Curry that if I do build without Curry, he may get uh, a shot. But like you said, he has not done well against the Lakers and that first uh, defense. So I'm, the jury's out there. I do, for me, Bay's more Looney or more GPP kind of guys. I don't have the confidence enough in Looney or his minutes. Draymond is, it's interesting because you know he's going to play an enormous amount of minutes, but uh, unless he's popping a few threes, he's not going to get much on the interior, not against Drummond Davis and James. I mean, those guys, that's a clamp down, stuff the paint, you know, get that stuff out of here kind of a defense in, in there. So I don't know. Draymond at that price is a little scary. I do love the fact that he's going to get a bunch of minutes and he's going to have to have maybe 14 assists and, you know, 12 rebounds and then add in a few buckets to to uh, give them a chance. So on the fence, but probably not leaning that way. Um, on the Lakers side, a couple of things. Uh, I do like Schroeder, I think. He's had success against Curry in the back uh, prior. I think that's who will probably guard him. Um, so, you know, he's I think he's dangerous. Uh, LeBron, you know, is he 100 percent healthy is is the million dollar question. You know, you're going to have a lot of people playing uh, NBA DFS that that don't normally play it, that are jumping in for the playoffs and they're going to see LeBron and know that he's starting and they're going to dive on him. And as we all know, you know, sure, if he plays 35 minutes plus, he's probably going to smash. But who's to say he's going to get those kind of minutes? I mean, he's definitely not right. And, you know, we saw last night, you know, trying to force in Beal when the dude's like 75 percent dragging his leg up and down the floor. I mean, it was it, you just can't do it at this level. And so if LeBron's not quite his self, uh, himself, and they keep him to 20 to 30 minutes, especially if they get control of the game, you know, that could be a bust. You know, I'm much more comfortable with the spend-up of Anthony Davis. I think he's my strongest play on the board. I mean, he's healthy. Uh, Golden State does not have an answer in the paint for him. I agree with you. Certainly get Draymond defense, but Draymond's a full, like, six inches, seven inches shorter than him. Maybe not quite that much. I mean, five or six inches, but shorter. And Davis has those long arms, and you know he's going to shoot over top of them, and he's going to get all over the glass. So I love Davis. Uh, I'm also considering Drummond, uh, especially on the sites where I can play two centers, because uh, I agree with exactly what you said. The first few games, I actually felt bad for Drummond. If you watch those games, you know if you go back in his history, he is an, he's a different kind of guy almost borderline uh, social disorder to some sense. You know, he talks about he was bullied as a kid because he didn't fit in and this and that. So he's, you know, it's a little bit tougher for him. And when he first went to L.A., if you remember those first few games, he just, he got fouls real quick. He didn't, like, know what was going on. He looked totally, uh, almost panicked. And that just kept getting better and better as he got more games under his belt. And that last week of the season... He looked a bit like the old Andre Drummond that, that has led the league in rebounding four straight years, lost that this year, but he had prior, which people don't realize. So I think he could, you know, 
I think they need him, and I think he can help dominate inside and let AD take those the threes in the mid-rangers. So Drummond is high on, on my board, too. So I can see the exposure that I'm going to have in this game is going to be more tilted to the Lakers' side. Um, but still decisions to be made, but I think that's really how a lot of it will play out. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun here uh, with uh, these great matchups, great stars getting after it for real now, uh, trying to figure out who's going to make the real final eight on each side. Yeah. So we're going to keep uh, working on it throughout the afternoon, and then finalize those uh, those lineups for our members. Uh, and we invite you to join us as a member at dfscoachtalk.com. We give out full cash lineups on FanDuel, a GPP lineup full lineups on Yahoo, the coach's clipboard on DraftKings for the bigger slates, and then smaller slates, we do a core for cash, a core for GPPs. Uh, you can try the three-day pass, or you can jump on our playoff package, 111 for the entire playoff season here, two months, and you get access to all of our sports at DFS Coach Talk. So jump on that. We'll get you into our Discord with an email, and we give out the lineups about 20 minutes before lock. Coach, any final thoughts here? Yeah, if you're checking us out on YouTube, please take a second to hit that thumbs up, smash that subscription button as well, because we need you to, uh, you know, subscribe there. We're we're uh, getting close to a goal that we had set, and we'd really appreciate uh, for those that listen on a consistent basis to subscribe and also hit the alert button up in the corner. Uh, that'll let you know every time a podcast posts. And with you know some of the different slates and the weekend timings. You know, the podcast may vary a little bit when they post, so it's great to get that alert. This way you don't miss uh, anything. And also we do a golf podcast that will be coming out uh, this afternoon for the PGA, so you're going to want to catch that. Again, you can have access to all of that with the thumbs up, subscribe, and the alert button. And, you know, if you're listening to us on all of the different podcast audio sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, on and on, uh, also take a second, five stars, a quick comment. Uh, our man Joe Stanton pulls the info for people that have given us five stars and comments. Uh, and at the end of each month, we give away a three-day pass. So, uh, you know, not only does it help us, but you can win something as well. So uh, as you can see, we, we have put yesterday behind us. We are on to today. Uh, lessons learned. And boy, we're ready to get after it. It's going to be a really, really fun day because... You know, once you join the, the family here at Coach Talk, again, as Andrew said, you get everything that we offer when you become a member. So, like, today's a perfect example. If you listen to this and you say, you know, I, I don't know if I want the full playoff package yet. Let me just try them for three days. Well, guess what? Tonight you get our full baseball lineups. Ten, uh, Twelve games are on that schedule. And after hours MLB, you've got, our ba- obviously, our basketball with the two games in the playoffs. And then our golf picks are out at 8.30 uh, tonight for the PGA that, that uh, tees off tomorrow at Kiowa Island. So you get all of that, you get in a great community. We all help each other out, learn, and uh, have a heck of a lot of fun doing it. So I'm excited, Andrew. I'm rejuvenated. Revenge Wednesday is amongst us here. It is here. So I hope everybody benefited from the build here so far. And we appreciate your support. So on behalf of the coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. We'll see you tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.